when do women typically, not everyone, some are earlier, but typically when do women go through menopause? It's ages forties and fifties, right? So that decline in estrogen is also associated with Alzheimer's. There's a very strong correlation and a very strong case to be made, which is why I do the Dutch test. And mostly my women are perimenopausal menopausal because I wanna see if they're candidates for bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. That is one of the, and the, and the you can go to pubmed.com and plug in menopause, Alzheimer's, bioidentical hormone replacement or bioidentical estrogen. It is one of the top preventative measures for Alzheimer's. Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, geriatric physical therapist, weight loss coach, and passionate disease prevention expert. I used to struggle with emotional eating, sugar cravings, and consistency. Then I learned how to lose the mental and physical weight once and for all with a low insulin lifestyle. Each week on the Reshape Your Health podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reshape Your Health podcast. We have an exciting episode today because it's actually part two. We have Esther Blum with us today, and she's an integrative dietitian and high performance coach. She currently maintains a private practice where she helps women permanently balance hormones and heal the gut. Esther is the best selling author of four books. So we have Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. So it's really cool because she's appeared on Dr. Oz, the today show and Fox news live. Um, I could spend a whole interview Esther, just picking your brain about all of these cool experiences that you've had, um, and just how you've, um, really gotten where you are today within the field of nutrition. And it's really cool to have you back. We ran out of time last, last time on the podcast, uh, talking about the GI map test. And today we're going to talk about the Dutch test and hormones. And we're really delighted to have your experience. So thanks for coming back. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and just continue this amazing conversation. Yeah. And so for those of you who do not know, can you explain what an integrative dietitian is compared with like someone who just typically gets their registered dietitian? What is the difference in training and expertise? So to become a registered dietitian, it's actually the the course curriculum is almost like a pre-med degree. It's uh, a lot of chemistry and biochemistry. It's just much lighter on the physics, which is why I really liked it. It's why I didn't go into physical therapy or go to med school because physics, I don't love. Me either. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, you have all that coursework, you have a 1200 hour clinical internship, you have to take board exams. Um, and I have a bachelor's and a master's in clinical nutrition and worked in hospitals for five years and realized, you know, giving people 10 minutes of diet instruction as they're on their way out the door from the hospital and never seeing them again, unless they had another heart attack or were back in, you know, there was no accountability. There was no support. There was no long-term change created there. So I went and got certified in functional medicine, which really taught me all the, it showed me all the other studies and research on diet and supplements that my, uh, the core curriculum from the dietetic association did not teach you. So the dietetic association is sponsored by, you know, a lot of food companies, 
Um, Coca-Cola being one, a lot of big ag. Uh, if you look at the food guide pyramid, you know, six to 11 servings of grain at the bottom. That is so not the, the functional medicine approach is the complete opposite where grains are at the top, produce and proteins are at the bottom, followed by um, fats and then carbs at the very top. So because there's no hidden agenda there, no, no meat. I mean, if I got paid by the national meat board, I'd be a billionaire by now hanging out with, you know, JLo in the Mediterranean on a boat somewhere. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I learned, you know, about supplements. I learned about diet therapies that were really not taught uh, conventionally. And as a result, I'm able to work on a much deeper level and run tests on people and help them get their quality of life back. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I think appreciate, appreciate about you. And that's really different is you have your clients go through testing before you work with them. So I've heard someone say before test, don't guess you said that I, I believe yourself in the last awesome. interview. And so we got the GI map test kind of covered last time, all about gut health. What is this other Dutch test that you, that you want your clients to come in and what information does it give you that you cannot get from the GI map test? And then a, like a subjective interview. And I, I love working with the Dutch because it, it does speak to the GI map. They really talk to each other and cross pollinate, which is nice. Uh, but from a different perspective. So the Dutch test Dutch stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. It's not a test to see if you can wear clogs and dance among the tulips <laughs> in Holland. Uh, so it really helps me um, get a really clear picture on a couple of things. Number one, your production and detoxification pathways of your hormones. So I can look at your ratios. A, I can look at your production. Um, it looks at 21 different metabolites, seven estrogen, seven progesterone, seven testosterone um, groups and a whole clear picture of your androgen production. Then it will look at the ratios of estrogen to progesterone or to testosterone. Uh, and it gives you these beautiful pie charts and dials. It's like reading the control panel of an airplane. <laughs> it's really <laughs> complex and complicated. Uh, and then it will also tell me how your estrogen is moving through or how your testosterone is moving through or your progesterone. And so estrogen in particular can be really problematic if you're not detoxing it well, if your 2-OH, 4-OH or 16-OH are going down the wrong pathway or are not in the proper ratios. That means that you're not gonna feel well if you try HRT, hormone replacement therapy, it also means you can have a lot of symptoms of estrogen dominance. If you're still cycling, you know, breast tenderness or enlarged breasts, moodiness, irritability, feeling really weepy or having, you know, um, bursts of rage. Those are all hmm. signs and symptoms of estrogen dominance. So, um, and I, it speaks to the GI MAP test because the GI MAP test looks at an enzyme called beta glucuronidase, which tells me if you're recycling estrogen in the gut. And they always like, if it's off on one, it's always off on the other. So mm -hmm. it's like, you really have hardcore evidence. Okay. Liver pathways are off. Perhaps I'm not methylating well. And we, and it does, the Dutch also looks at your methylation, which is another term for detoxification. It tells me, you know, there's four phases of estrogen detoxification. So we can kind of isolate where things are going wrong and where you need support. Is it a liver issue? Is it a gut issue? 
if are you constipated all the time and not pooping and just keeping all that estrogen bottled up inside, it's not being physically eliminated from your body? Or are you kind of deficient in B vitamins and need some dandelion and milk thistle to kind of help your liver process it through? So, it, and if you're on hormonal birth control, um, the, the Nuva ring or Mirena or oral contraceptives, I can also see what's happening with your, how you're excreting it as well. So all of that is a, is a wonderful baseline for information. Um, the Dutch also shows me your cortisol, your morning and your metabolized cortisol. This tells me a lot about your stress. It tells me how you're sleeping. It tells me about your adrenal function. And um, if your cortisol is petering out mid afternoon and you're taking thyroid meds, you know, often that's a red flag that you're not on the right dose of medication, um, that you're, it could be that you're also really burnt out, especially if your cortisol is more flatlined. Um, and why is this helpful? Okay. A, because we look at, again, are you sleeping or not? Um, if we fix your sleep, will your GI map results change? Absolutely, though, for the better. Um, it will also tell me whether you're over-exercising or not. If someone comes to me, and uh, I'm just thinking my client, Hillary, who was like riding the Peloton like crazy, right? She, she wouldn't have coffee in the morning, interestingly enough. She would ride the Peloton. She'd feel jazzed. She'd feel great and happy. And then around three, she would crash hard, need a nap, feel really weepy, totally irritable and craving. And she would have a coffee. And then she would not sleep well at night. And the whole cycle would begin again. Well, we looked at her morning and her metabolized cortisol. You know, her, her cortisol curve was so darn low. I was like, Hillary, Number one, you got to get rid of the coffee and sleep. So we put her on some good adaptogens to get her energy up. We also put her on licorice because that raises and sustains the half-life of cortisol. So mm -hmm. her, gave her a more regular diurnal rhythm. But most importantly, we cut her back on the Peloton and shifted her more to weights and walking. And she was freaked out. She was like, I'm never yeah. going to lose weight doing this. I, how am I supposed to boost my metabolism for people like that? Less is actually more. And when we had her walking more and just shifted her diet a little, got her sleeping, like she lost a nice five pounds. She wasn't terribly overweight by any means, but she lost five pounds. She felt better. She didn't crash so much. And her adrenals were able to start restoring and rebalancing themselves. Adaptogens. I did not want to speed past that. Can yeah. you talk about what adaptogens are and when they're warranted and give some examples? Adaptogens are herbs or nutrients that help your body become more resilient in the face of stress. And a lot of people feel better on adaptogens. That doesn't mean you should go out there and start, you know, if you're running hard or sprinting and, and your cortisol's burnt, doesn't mean you should keep doing it. It means you need to let your body rest. But they can really help with everything from a racing mind. Like there's one called rhodiola, which is great if you're that real nighttime ruminator with repetitive thoughts. Um, there's ashwagandha, which can also quiet your brain and really support your adrenals and help with sleep. Um, there is uh, maca, which is also mm -hmm. an herb, which really helps with female hormone balance. Um, there's holy basil, which is also like an amazing, amazing adaptogen. So there's, and there's so many more 
um, that I'm thinking of. But just starting with the basics of rewiring your nervous system and calming down. And when you pair adaptogens with meditation as a nightly practice, you start to rewire the brain and it takes the brain two months. Uh, well, it's under two months. It's actually 56 days. It's eight weeks uh, to start reshaping your fight or flight center in the brain. Interesting. So, you know, 10 okay. minutes once a week is certainly going to help for that day. But if you want long-term results, you need to meditate. You need to curate or cultivate a practice and a habit. So I challenged myself as we're recording this, I gave myself a challenge of, you know, eight weeks, not missing a day meditation. And it's like the, now it's just out the first week or two, I was like, Oh, right. I have to meditate. So I put it in my phone to re remind me to get an alert at night, like go meditate tonight before bed. Now I just don't even think twice about it. It's just brush my teeth, take off my makeup, meditate, sleep. It's just built in there. So how you mentioned, um, holy basil rhododenda, is that right? Uh, rhodiola. Rhodiola. I couldn't yeah. read my own handwriting. Rhodiola. <laughs> Ashwagandha and maca. Yeah. And are those like pill supplements or what are you talking about when you say use them? Like how do you okay. recommend using them? They are, you can either get them in capsules or herbal tinctures. What was that last part? Um, an herbal tincture, like a liquid, uh, li a liquid extract where the herbs are extracted, uh, the adaptogens are extracted. They're either in an alcohol solution, or if you can't take uh, products with alcohol, they, they come alcohol free as well. And do you recommend like dropping them in hot water to kind of make your own tea or just dropping them on the tongue or literally how do you use this? Because yeah. I've heard of them. I've never done them. And I don't think my audience probably knows a lot. Oh, about interesting. Okay. So you're going to have to really dumb it down. Oh, okay. So you put them in water. I don't like the, the tinctures are strong, especially if they have an alcohol base, they burn your mouth. So mm -hmm. put them in water, like a shot and get them down. They don't always taste good, but that's why I prefer pills because it just, uh, it doesn't taste so bad and, and they're more portable. Like if you're someone who's traveling, you don't, you know, liquids can, spill more easily in the bag. So you take them, you know, some, uh, you can take in the morning and some, and some are in a liposomal form, which is like a liquid form in a pump bottle. So some you can take first thing in the morning. Some you take at night depends on your testing and what your practitioner recommends for you. But have you read the XX brain by Dr. Lisa Moscone? I have not. That's a, it's a good book. And that's where I first right. heard of adaptogens. And she talked about, she essentially talks about how, um, Alzheimer's disease starts in middle age. And she's looked at a lot of different brains and she can see the changes start in the forties and fifties. So just like us, she's huge yes. on preventative medicine. And she's talks about the, the vast majority of women are givers and caretakers and a high level of stress is really a barrier to them investing more in their own health and that we have to focus on getting optimal sleep and optimal stress management. And she has really good tables. If people want a resource, I'm I'll ask you for your favorites, but that's one of my favorites is the XX brain because she has mm. tables of supplements including the um, recommended dosage to get started. And then the indication for when to take each one. 
So for people that didn't feel like they needed the whole Dutch test and all of the, you know, all of the great stuff that you do, that's just another resource that I've found. Do you have any other favorite resources specifically for adaptogens or supplements? Because I think that there's a lot of quacky stuff out there to be honest. And we have to really vet the material well that we're consuming and then recommending to our clients. So what do you recommend as a really good um, resource here? So I'm in the midst of writing my next book, which is on menopause and comes out in September 22, uh, 2022. So definitely that's a great source. Um, But I want to circle back for a minute on Mm -hmm. the on the Alzheimer's discussion. Okay. Okay. When do women typically not everyone, some are earlier, but typically when do women go through menopause? It's ages forties and fifties, right? So that decline in estrogen is also associated with Alzheimer's. There's a very strong correlation and a very strong case to be made, which is why I do the Dutch test. And mostly my women are perimenopausal menopausal, because I want to see if they're candidates for bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. That is one of the, and the, and the, you can go to pubmed.com and plug Mm -hmm. in menopause, Alzheimer's, bioidentical hormone replacement or bioidentical estrogen. It is one of the top preventative measures for Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. truly. But you have to get the timing, right? As you know, there's like a window, right? So it's a lot, it's a lot better at preventing than reversing. So you really have to catch it. You know, I've, I've heard like within five years of menopause ish for these bioidentical hormones. Is that what you've heard? Up to 10 is what the staff at the Dutch tells me. Yeah. After 10, no, it's, it's kind of your windows closed for sure. Um, but yes, the sooner, the better, you know, I transition women onto hormones when, when they're still cycling, even at least you can start with progesterone and DHEA for sure. Interesting. So you mentioned estrogen dominance before and a lot of great symptoms, Um, what do you recommend if people think that they have estrogen dominance, how do you recommend that they, that they normalize their levels? If are there natural ways or do they have to do the supplement, the, the hormone replacement therapy? Um, are there supplements that can help? Because you mentioned that there were four stages, you know, of estrogen metabolism. Is that the right word for it? Correct. Estrogen breakdown. Will you talk a little bit more in depth about what women can do if they're experiencing these estrogen dominance symptoms? So a couple of things. Um, Number one, pooping every day is paramount. You must poop every day. Your estrogens, your, all your hormones are excreted through stool. So if you don't poop every day, you are not eliminating estrogen properly. So you want to look at the basics for bowel, healthy bowel habits, having good toilet hygiene, where you kind of train your body to go the same time every day. Um, drinking enough water hydration is key and water with lemon really gives the liver a nice gentle nudge and a cleanse to start Mm -hmm. releasing bile acids, Mm -hmm. um, and help you have a bowel movement. You also want to make sure you're getting plenty of fiber. And I love fiber from either um, chia seeds or ground flax seeds. So that could be like a chia pudding, or you throw flax seeds in a smoothie, um, or some yogurt or cottage cheese. 
because those, the, the fibers bind estrogens and excess hormones and excrete them. Thinking about using glass Tupperware instead of plastics mm -hmm. and using natural skincare, hair care, sunscreens, um, because uh, hormones, are, um, pardon me, phthalates, uh, which are um, a compound in plastics are endocrine disruptors. And so they mimic the effects of estrogen on the body, in the body, at the cellular level. So they can displace estrogen. So your own estrogen can't reach your receptor sites. So storing your food in an inner container that's not going to leach into your food is really important. So the, one of the first things I do with my clients is like get them to take all their plastic storage and convert it to glass. And you can go to HomeGoods, Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Walmart, you can order on Amazon, just swap out for glass containers that go from the freezer to the uh, fridge, to the oven, to the dishwasher, right? So they're easy to clean and, and just a lot safer. Use things like, um, don't use the chemical nonstick pans, use stainless steel, use glass, use cast iron. Um, those are all really, you know, much safer uh, cookware as well. So all these simple but basic things can really, really be helpful. Sweating is another great thing. An infrared sauna, exercise of any kind, yoga, you know, all of that is a great detox um, mechanism too. Buying organic, also important. Let's talk about the liver detox. Um, I've had a member uh, request that I do a little bit more content on specific nutrients that can assist with those detoxification processes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to speak a little bit more on that? You did mention lemon water. What are some other key nutrients that you would recommend that we consider adding to our diet from a detoxification standpoint? Um, well, uh, also fiber, right? The chia and flax seeds, really, really important. Um, certainly magnesium, you know, you can take it orally. I love magnesium glycinate. Uh, it's absorbed really easily into the bloodstream and helps uh, relax the bowels, helps with constipation, helps with pooping. In terms of nutrition, certainly you wanna do a couple of things. One is bitter, dark green leafy vegetables. We as Americans have taste for sweet, we have taste for salt. We don't like bitter, we don't like it. It's unpleasant, our palate isn't trained to have it, but yet in other cultures and countries, right? In France, you end the salad with a bitter green uh, you end the meal with a bitter green salad in Africa, there are medicinal soups after dinner, you know, there are digestives in Italy, you'll have a digestive, you know, an after dinner drink. So um, we need to train ourselves to eat the, the kale, the um, collard greens, the spinach, the broccoli, the artichokes, things that are not necessarily uh, that we gravitate towards or Brussels sprouts. But if you flavor them with herbs, they, uh, uh, lemon and fresh herbs, they taste really good. I like to put a lot of lemon on my spinach because it, it mm -hmm. tricks and salt and olive oil. And I will also caramelize onions and put those on top because it tricks the palate. It like hides it a little bit. Or one of my favorites is I make like a, you know, a, a cream sauce and I'm putting that in quotes. What I do is mash cauliflower. I steam it in chicken broth, I throw it in the blender, I'll add in olive oil and sea salt, and then I puree it. And then I will toss my cooked kale in that. So it gives it this creamy coating and it's delicious. 
And you can also cook bitter greens in coconut oil and that sweetens them up a little bit too. What is it in the bitters? Do you know if there's a, do you know? Stimulates, yeah, bitter stimulates bile flow in the gallbladder and bile binds to toxins and pulls them out. Okay. So it's really the, I've heard people really struggle through keto and I haven't studied this extensively, but it's because their bile production is low. So they're eating a lot of fat, but they're not able to correctly digest that. And then it just gives them a lot of GI issues. Um, so I have heard that bitters can help with that. What about, an? I like putting them in a smoothie. I get the big bag of spinach and then I'll put it in the freezer. And instead of adding a bunch of sugary fruit, I'll add a little, and then, um, a bunch of spinach. So that's kind of my way to get my greens. Awesome. Yeah. That's another great way. So Bitter greens are really important. Um, Fiber is really important. I love nutrient dense root vegetables. You know, sweet potatoes are just an incredible food. Um, They're so nutrient dense. And again, they have all that beautiful beta carotene to really support your liver, your immune system. Um, And then you can also um, saute up. I do love um, dandelion greens are another really good bitter greens, or you can drink dandelion tea, you can take milk thistle and milk thistle tea. Uh, You know, I've worked with a lot of people with hepatitis or liver failure over the years and milk thistle can really, really help maintain a properly functioning liver. It's pretty amazing. That is, or you can do just, you know, hot water with lemon is another great way to keep your bile salts going. I like all these tips. I think stress management is so important. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm doing a little bit more research in is light environment. Have you studied light at all? As I sit in front of these bright lights to record this, because it is (laughs) (laughs) and your lighting is gorgeous. Well, so here's what I know, and I'll keep it really simple. The spectrum of bright light outside is a hundred times greater than any light bulb inside. And I can really tell when I've been working too much and I'm not outdoors enough. My brain is like, Oh my God. Now I spend at least an hour to an hour and out half outside every morning, um, just walking and walking my dog and looking at the leaves and listening to the birds sing. But, um, you know, it's, it really is important for regulating sleep, wake cycles and calming down. And, you know, stress really is very hard on the liver. So if you can, you know, again, get outside. That's really beneficial. And um, will, oh, go ahead. Oh, it's just because it will regulate your sleep much better and your stress. Um, Dr. Corey Gosvini is who I interviewed about light and his, for those watching, if you're watching live, I think that his interview will be coming up next or mm-hmm. in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, and he really talked about the importance of blue light. And I did not understand how blue light and cortisol or excuse me, right. blue light um, essentially stimulates more cortisol production, which is in opposition to melatonin. And so number one, your sleep is impaired, especially if we're staring at screens at night, um, without any blue light blockers. Yes. But what I realized when we were having this conversation was if you're intermittently fasting, but you're looking at a screen your melatonin is lower. Obviously your cortisol is higher. And he said that melatonin is a really important hormone for autophagy. And I hadn't really heard that before the the role that melatonin can play in stimulating autophagy and apoptosis. 
And so it's like, well, wow, if we really want all those benefits of um, intermittent fasting, we can't be putting ourselves in a toxic blue light environment because we're not getting all of the benefits. And so when we're talking about stress, that is going to be kind of another piece of my practice to look at what is our light environment doing to our stress hormones. Um, and I wanted to ask you this, cause this came up recently cortisol, right? So you said that the Dutch test will assess cortisol and it assesses different metabolites. What about if someone gets a regular cortisol test that comes back normal, mm-hmm. right? Have you seen that before where they actually yes. have quote unquote normal levels of cortisol, but from a symptoms standpoint, it appears that their cortisol would be elevated. Will you Correct. talk about that? Yes. So what I love about the Dutch is, and again, uh, please understand, I make no money from them. I have no financial ties. To, at all. I am yeah. not sponsored again. I'd be totally loaded and like decked out and bling, you know, uh, it's not the case, but, um, with cortisol and with the blue, with, uh, hormone tests too, right? Sometimes they're normal in the blood because the blood is a snapshot of what's going on at that very second in your body. Mm-hmm. the Dutch has five urine samples starting at, you know, one is five o'clock at night, one's 10 o'clock at night, one is overnight, one is upon arising, and one is two hours later. So that is a real time-lapse picture of what's going on. And a cortisol blood test taken in the morning is not going to tell me anything about your cortisol production at two or 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And here's, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this question up because the one other piece I didn't talk about with the Dutch are I, I look at uh, I do the Dutch complete, which has a neurotransmitter profile. So I can look at your organic acids and see if you're making melatonin, see if you're making dopamine and serotonin. And with those clients of mine who are sleeping with a phone next to their head and who are checking their phone at 2 a.m. when they get up to pee and therefore turning off their melatonin production, um, their cortisol is really off and they don't sleep well. And I was, um, because I'm writing my book, obviously I'm like really boning up on my research papers. And there was one I read last week in PubMed that showed a thickening of the adrenal cortex when people were spending excessive amounts of time on their cell phones. Whoa. And so it like was, what that means for people that don't know it, what the, adrenal it, means, is. it just means you're going to pump out a lot more cortisol and your resilience to stress is going to drop. Your sleep is going to nosedive. You're going to end up on adaptogens to try and fix the problem. Or guess what you can do? You can sleep with an eye mask. Uh, I call it the sleep trifecta, right? An eye mask, earplugs, and a white noise machine or a fan, mm-hmm. Uh cool, dark room. You can get a cheap battery operated clock for $10 that has no lights and you sleep with your phone in another room on another floor of the house. Or if you have to have it because you're a caregiver or there's emergencies, a minimum of 10 feet away from your head. Mm-hmm. So there's no phone near you when you sleep. And that's how my clients start sleeping better. And I do see a change in their cortisol levels, I do see the numbers come down because I retest and this is in men and women. So 
Also something to think about if you're doing lots of espresso, lots of coffee, lots of caffeine or booze, right? That can also really throw off your cortisol curve. And I'm shocked at the amount of people I have gotten off their caffeine in favor of adaptogens or elixirs. I use, um, there's a great product that I drink every morning. I'm not a caffeine person at all. Uh, it's by a company called Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R, Four Sigmatic, and it's called Perform. And it's just cordyceps and cacao, which gives me like really good mental focus and energy. And my adrenals love it. There's no stimulants at all, but my energy is really consistent. Mm -hmm. And that's saying something because I don't always sleep well right now. Like I'm kind of in perimenopause. I'm treating gold and lime. Like my body's off. And my sleep is not great, but my energy is pretty darn good considering, and I strength train and I walk and like, I'm careful with myself, but you know, if I can function on little sleep and do these podcasts and write and see people all day long, like imagine how a normal person will feel when they're, you know, getting really good quality sleep. That's the irony. My clients often get much better sleep than me, but at least I know how to solve their problems. Right. And, right. <laughs> and mine's very cyclical too. It will go ups and downs depending on what I'm treating. So yeah. I think that's important is like, we've given so many pieces of advice and I think that sometimes it can be overwhelming to hear an interview like this and think I need to get an eye mask. I need to get earplugs. I need to get a white noise machine. I need to get adaptogens. I need to get tested. I mean, there are so many things here. And I was doing a client call right before this and she's like, okay, you know, I'm at a plateau. What can I do? And what's really interesting. It's like, you have to assess what you can handle right now. Goodness. When we're recording this for an October, we're going into the holidays. Um, I said, pick the lowest hanging fruit here, get a standing desk and buy blue light blocking glasses. And I think that that will help, you know, it's not going to give you immediate results, but it will help you in the long run. And so I'd like you to help us prioritize the information yes that you shared today about the Dutch test, about sleep, about adaptogens and stress management. Yes. You know, where do you recommend someone start to get the most return on their time, energy, and money investment? Great question. Always the big rocks first, right? You don't need to take a million supplements out of the gate. I always start with diet and lifestyle. Always, 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 because um, you can never out supplement or out diet your lifestyle. So we always go back to the basics. And, you know, I, I drop a lot of bombs on my clients the first visit, and then we spend the rest of the six months working together, hammering out all the fine details because it takes time and it takes time to redo habits, right? And people say it takes 28 days to make a new habit. No sugar. It takes like sometimes years for people. So, <laughs> so give yourself grace. Give yourself mm -hmm. grace. You never have to be perfect to get results. I'm not perfect. I still I'm have cocktails, perfect. right? I, I will yeah. have a cocktail for our anniversary dinner in November. I, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll eat chocolate for Halloween. I like a very normal reality Barbie. So, but I'm telling you like the most important things you can do. So heads up. Number one, when you're shopping, Think of your shopping cart as your medicine cabinet, right? Mm, good. Stop on the outer aisles of the grocery store first. The inner aisles, salt and sugar. 
Mm-hmm. In our aisles, you're buying packaged foods with foil and like a long list of ingredients. Start with the outer aisles where everything's fresh, your eggs, your butter, your meats, your poultry, your fish, um, dairy, if you tolerate it, you know, yogurt or cottage cheese, um, fresh vegetables, color, right? Put color on your plate. One of my favorite things to do with my family is make bowls. Like I bought these, all these shallow bowls and we make really pretty bowls. And last night we, we took, um, it was bison meat and I put a little, uh, taco seasoning on it. And I made some white rice and then I chopped up some scallions and I made a big salad on the side, or you could just roast vegetables, you know, so lots of color and play in your meals. So vegetables, fresh fruit, especially it's in season and local, you know, get to an apple orchard, pick fresh apples. Like it's so delicious. Make a pie with it, you know, have with a grain-free crust from almond flour. Um, and then of course, quality fats like uh, avocado, nuts and seeds, olive oil, real butter, Kerrygold butter is like one of my favorite butters. I haven't tried that yet. Ooh, I want to though. Oh, it's so good. It's butter from grass-fed cows, but butter is something we really, butter and olive oil, we spend good money on good quality products. Um, Kerrygold butter is great. You could get it at Costco or Trader Joe's and um, Cobram Estate, C-O-B-R-A-M. They are just an incredibly rich, antioxidant rich, um, olive oil, they're kind of tree to table and you can get them again in whole foods or nice grocery stores. So the, those are the basics. If your food, if your diet is like 80 to 90% real food, then if you have a cookie or you have some chips or a cocktail, like it's not going to take you down you'll really set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, And then comes sleep. Sleep is next. Sleep is the metabolic. It's the queen. She rules. She's the metabolic mistress of your domain. Okay. Or mistress of your metabolic domain. Focus on good habits, like shutting your phone off at 8 PM. I did an Instagram post where I was like, nothing good happens after 8 PM. Shut your phone off. Like really, what are you doing guys? You're checking your Instagram feed. You're sending stupid memes to your kids and your friends. And like it's entertainment and it's a way to check out, but it is such a dark, long rabbit hole. It really needs to go off and be done and start doing things like, oh, I don't know, going to library and getting a free book or reading a magazine, don't read on your iPad. Like everyone is having threesomes with like you, your partner and the iPad or the phone, right? Yeah. That is not, that is like technological promiscuity and it needs to end. I love that. <laughs> I've never heard that. I love that. I'm, I just wrote that in the book. That's good. good. Oh my God. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're really having sleep hygiene where your room is sacred. It's for sleep and it's for sex yeah. and that's, and reading and quiet time. So get a dim light or just put your lights on a dimmer, just dim the lights. Blue light blockers are helpful. Um, reading, taking an Epsom salt bath, having sex. I love those. Yeah. Right. Or just have yeah. sex guys. Remember sex before technology. Now it's like, I'm so, um, I get, I'm going to blush. Anytime we talk about sex, I had a pelvic health, ther- pelvic health therapist on recently blushed through that whole interview. 
I could never be a pelvic health practitioner. I'm too, what do you, I don't embarrassed or, but yeah, it's true. It's a good, a good strategy. A good strategy. I call my pelvic floor therapist, my magician. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, so just get your body in a really relaxed state and then you can meditate, which all meditation is, is breathing. That's all it is. And just noticing your thoughts and swiping on them, you know, and you can visualize, you can try and look out your third eye. I swear when my eyes go up in my head, I'm instantly out. So I try and look at my third eye and I'm so focused on doing that, that like no other thoughts creep mm-hmm. in. Um, and I keep a notepad next to my bed because I have a busy brain and I get creative ideas in the middle of the night. I just roll over, write them in the dark on my pad and go back to bed. So just those two things. And then if you really want a bonus, um, actionable step, walk outside first thing in the morning. So none of these are terrifically costly. I mean, if you spend good money on groceries, that can be more costly, but if you're buying real food, uh, if you're sleeping well, and if you are, I mean, sleep mask is what, 10 bucks, earplugs are about $2. Yeah, my husband so. banned me from those. I did wear them. And then I also have, I've talked about this before glow in the dark retainers, mind you from eighth grade. Uh, so those are oh really cool gosh. and a nose strip, my Vaseline. And he was just like the eye mask and the earplugs are too much for me, Morgan. <laughs> Why? I Why? don't know. It's dark. He's not I seeing know. you when you're sleeping. I don't know, but I do sleep well. If I wasn't sleeping well, I would okay. in a heartbeat because yeah. or I, I lived in Omaha in physical therapy school and it was loud. There were sirens, there were dogs. Yeah. Barking all the time. We have neighbors were surrounded by dogs. And so sometimes I'll pop them in if the dogs are really barking, but you know, yeah. I think it's, first of all, we have to highlight the swiping your thoughts. Um, that's brilliant. That should go in your book mm. for sure. Um, <laughs> Cause I haven't heard that, you know, we think of, you know, swiping on the phone or Tinder swiping, but that right. is all your thoughts, your thoughts are, I mean, being mindful of, am I going to allow this thought into my conscious? Am I going to ruminate on this? Um, or am I going to swipe, you know, the swipe to a different thought? Um, I think that was yeah. really powerful. You said this stuff isn't expensive. And I really like to think about how much money do people spend on diet programs, pills, potions, surgeries, because they want a quick fix versus really committing to changing your lifestyle is a lot more affordable in the long run. And it's a lot more enjoyable in the long run. You get a higher quality of life along the way. Um, so I'd really encourage people who are struggling with that all or nothing mentality, especially we decided this one's going to go live in mid mid January. So new year's resolutions right. are probably top of mind. Um, we'd really want to encourage you to pick sustainable habits versus quick fix solutions. That's so right. That you're not repeating the same cycle of diet weight loss, weight regain for 20 more years of your life. Yes. And if you think about it, all of these are adding things in. We haven't talked about taking anything away at all. So master one thing. And if you're like, I'm not going to do all those changes at once. No problem. Like it used to be my new year's resolution to make one amazing health change per year. So like one year I bought a slow cooker because like, I really wanted to do the stews, uh, stews and soups. And one year I bought a juicer because I really wanted to get 
regular juicer and I just mastered one thing and that's enough. Mm-hmm. It's really enough. I mean, um, you don't, then you're have not to... taking like one step forward and two step back, you know, it's, that's right. I think that's important. And speaking of new year's resolutions, I know you have a book coming out, obviously I'm just yeah. kind of, curious if you thought about that. We're in, we're late October when we're recording yeah. you thought about what you really want to focus on in 2022, aside from your book. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, again, every night I meditate, there is this dude on the insight timer app. His name is David G J I. Oh my God. His voice is just like velvety smooth and super deep. It's like, he's like the Barry white of, of, uh, of meditation, but he talks about going big. Right. And I just listen to his meditation over and over because every night I hear my brain, hears a different part of it, but he talks about visualizations. And for me, um, you know, we're doing a mold remediation project in my house. Like putting in massive dehumidifiers in the ground floor of our house, like the basement, the mudroom and the garage, Mm -hmm. just getting my health back, man, just getting it back and, um, and sleeping well. And I envision. So one thing that I've struggled with, right. My cortisol, just to give you all insight, I do the Dutch on myself. I practice what I preach and my cortisol curve was really low before he figured out like, what, uh, that I had Lyme and mold and I lost my tolerance to exercise. And let me tell you, I freaking love, I mean, I can walk no problem. I switched from heavy weights to more Pilates style workouts. And I work with an amazing woman who just has taught me how to regain my strength through lighter weights and body weights. But man, I freaking want to pick up a kettlebell again. I want to head back to the squat rack I miss that. So every night I envision uh, when I meditate, I envision all that garbage, all the foreign pathogens and invaders and the mold and the lime leaving my body. I have a very clear visualization of them just lifting out and every cell in my body radiating health. And then I envision what my strong muscular body looks like after I've been lifting weights and all of that. So thank God I eat really well. Otherwise I'd be, you know, I would have lost more muscle. I've definitely lost muscle though. So I, I want to get it back. Those right. are kind of my, it feels good. It feels good to feel yeah. strong and to feel kind yeah. of tight. Um, it I remember does. after I had kids, I felt soft and it was just like not my normal. And, um, I was real pumped to get back to the gym. Um, so those yes. are good and your book yeah. in September. So maybe you can come back on the podcast a little bit later. Oh, thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. Um, I haven't even reflected on 2022. I still feel like we're getting through 2021. <laughs> um, I do have a day on my calendar next week. Next Thursday is mostly blocked off for like strategic planning. And I think maybe then nice because we have to sometimes do that as women, you yes. know, um, I personally would like to focus on my marriage more. I mean, I think that we've been through two kids starting a business, COVID, um, planting and harvest are like cyclical with us, you know? So I'd like to figure out a way to invest in our marriage, not just in off season, but also how are we going to maintain good communication um, and emotional health during planting harvest? I think that would be really good for our family. Beautiful. I think that's my priority for 2022 is really investing in our communication and 
I think that that, you know, that has a lot of payoffs when you think about yeah, your children and just your overall happiness and stress yes. management, how much stress comes from relationships sometimes. You yes. Know? Yes. And there is a fantastic book, which was a game changer for our family call at Stephen Covey. It's the seven habits of highly effective families. Oh, of right? families. I have a family one. And mm-hmm. really the game changer for us is in upping our communication and just sitting down as a family, which we usually do at dinner. And we're like, what's on tap for the week? What does everyone's schedule look like? What are all the appointments looking like? Who needs what from whom? And it just, it like everything runs so much more smoothly and marriage too. Like, right. You can sit down with your partner, spouse and be like, what do we want for the year? Right. So something else we talk about, we're like, we need more fun. Let's plan vacations yes. this year. And we're not going to be caught with our pants down. Cause we're always like, so last minute with vacations. And then we never do what we want to do. I'm like, no, this year we're going to lock it in. So <laughs> we've got I like that out though. It's a great book. It's awesome. Are you guys going on vacation then? Yeah. So we, my husband, and I have a wedding in California Then we go to visit my mother-in-law in in Florida in December. And then March, we're figuring out like, is it going to be Iceland? Is it going to be Lake Powell? Is it going to be skiing in Utah? Like it's, we're just going to freaking do it. And I'm excited. I'm excited for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for that book recommendation. I will put that on our list. Um, Can you let our listeners know where they can learn more about you, follow you on Instagram, your website? Yes. Please follow me on Instagram. I'm at gorgeous Esther. If you just type in Esther Blum, it will pop up. Um, My website is estherblum.com. And if you want to apply to work with me, there's an application on my website or in my Instagram link. Uh, And I am on YouTube as well at Esther Blum. So um, definitely let's connect there. It's yeah, it's a fun place. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Esther and everyone go check her stuff out. Be on the lookout for her book, put it on your docket for September. um, And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me again, Dr. Morgan. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the reshape your health podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and don't forget to tell a friend to learn more and connect online. Check out the links in the show notes.